Welcome to EAN Cast, your weekly source for education, research, and updates from the European Academy of Neurology. Hello, everybody, dear colleagues. It's my pleasure to welcome you to join one of our weekly neurology episodes. In fact, week two of the epilepsy episodes. My name is Bernhard Steinhoff. I'm uh, currently serving as a co-chair uh, of the EAN scientific panel epilepsy. And the topic of today is transition, a very, very important uh, topic, of course, transition from pediatrics to adult epilepsy. And it is a great pleasure to welcome uh, Professor Riemann Abud from Paris, who is the expert of today. And uh, Rima, I just would ask you to briefly introduce yourself to the audience. Rima, please. Thank you, Bernard. Hello, everyone. Hello, dear colleagues. So I'm Rima Naboot. I'm a pediatric neurologist, mainly involved in epilepsy, working at Necker Enfant Malade in France, and I'm chairing the task force on transition into adulthood at the International League Against Epilepsy. Wonderful. So we all know now that you are the perfect expert for our session of today about transition. And first of all, I want to ask you about the perspective of the patients and relatives. Well, a long-lasting relationship with a new pediatrician is about to end. Tell us, please, about the concerns and expectations of the patients and their relatives. Indeed. This is a very important point in transition because parents, the family and the patients are, I would say, the main users, the main partners of this transition. And what we always, uh, we believe always that uh, patients and families are really unhappy to leave us. And I'm a pediatric neurologist, so I'm happy to say this even, that there is this attachment, there is this relation, which is real. But when we did some interviews and we did some studies with patients, after all, the patients and the families are happy to have a, the same care, the same uh, multidisciplinary care, and maybe we will discuss this a bit later on, in adulthood and in pediatrics, it's not a point of only a relationship. It is also a point how it is prepared, how they are prepared to go toward adult world in a way, and how the adult world is ready to receive them. Well, speaking about the neurologist now, the adult neurologist, he or she is usually pretty intimidated because you already mentioned that the neuropediatrician usually knows everything and cares for everything. And now the patient is transferred to the neurologist who may be not so much of an expert uh, concerning comorbidities, especially patients with ankylopathies and, and, and comparable patients have 
What would be your advice to those neurologists where the patients are transferred to when they turn 18 years of age? Indeed, you touched here uh, another very important point for patients with a large number of comorbidities, thinking about the development, developmental and epileptic encephalopathies, where the discussion with the family is not only on seizures, it is on the behavior, it is on the motricity, it is on the daily life issues. I would not say that the adult neurologist would not work and discuss about this, but in pediatrics, it takes a huge part of our clinics and of our relationship. So what I believe the easiest way to do is, number one, to inform the adult colleague about the clear situation and the clear needs of the patient in order not to have the surprises. I'm talking about psychiatry. I'm talking about gastroenterology. I'm talking about orthopedics and so on. And number, number two, to have this preparation in order to be sure that himself or a colleague or a general practitioner or a coordinating nurse can take over this coordination with the patient. And I would say the third point would be very important is to have a clear line on who was doing what in the pediatric time and who will do what and who is the referral from the adult side. So having, I would say, the lowest level of surprises and of, I didn't know that he needed that too, would be the best way to work between a pediatric and adult toward this. I will not talk here and emphasize the empowerment of patients and families. And I believe that you might ask me this question further on. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And what would you think, well, if you think about the perfect transition process, how should the perfect transition process be performed and what about reality? What about the real life in Europe nowadays? Reality is tough, I would say, because we do not have everywhere the same possibilities and the same programs and the same engagements. What we are thinking as pediatric and adult epileptologists today is to find what are the core set needs for such a transition. And this core set need is about pediatrician being really able to prepare this transition, to prepare and revise their diagnosis, their file, the needs of the patient near the age of transition, to discuss about it for the adult neurologist, to inform him as much as possible, for the family and the patient when he's able to be acknowledged about what he has, what is his disease, what are his medication, what are his needs, and about the adult neurologist, maybe to get a bit more involved and to expand the work that they are doing and the education of new generations about these pediatric 
developmental diseases where more and more they will go into adulthood. And all of this, the perfect mix will be adapted for the context, for the uh, health system, and for definitely having one person or two persons that would like and are dedicated and can have time to organize this in the best way. And I know that you have very good a very good program at, at your place in, in Paris. How do you organize that, uh, this transition process, usually at, at your hospital? So it's the work, just to emphasize, it's the work almost of 10 years of coordination and working together, where we initiated to interview people, patients, families, pediatric epileptologists and adult epileptologists, and asking what are the needs and what is lacking, and organizing this in this way. And what we had as a need is a clear preparation, not the day before they are leaving, really take time for transition, explain all what we discussed before, the pathology, the revision of the diagnosis, the importance of the follow-up, and so on, the different persons involved, increase the education of adult neurologists. And today, for instance, in France, and I'm very proud of that, we had dedicated sessions during our national meetings for these problematics or for these uh, developmental encephalopathies where adult neurologists, epileptologists can really know more about that. And the third point is about the education of the patient where we and of the families and caregivers when we have developed during for a local and a national program, a program to increase the knowledge of the patient and increase this partnership. And all of this with some tools, one of them is the transition passport, which is a summarized history of the patient that we transfer and the involvement of nurses and coordinators. Yeah, this is exactly how we proceed here at, at our center. But our advantage, of course, is that this is a huge epilepsy center and we have a very good collaboration, which makes it very easy. But in practical life, very often, as we both know, it's, it's not so easy. Are you aware about uh, any trans transition programs like you just uh, um, declared it for France um, in other European countries? Yes, indeed. I, the, in, in UK, they have already a very interesting pediatric uh, transition programs where they have, for instance, this common, this, uh, common uh, clinic uh, between the, do, the, the, the two MDs, which, for instance, we do not do because we are on a pediatric side and the adults developed the reception program from the adult side. I know that in Italy, they are beginning to work on such programs. Uh, I know that in Belgium, they settled a program. So there are many initiatives. Definitely, I don't know all of them. But I think that with this international European effort and international effort, 
having this important point that we are putting today on the courses, on the dissemination during our congresses, and this podcast is part of it, I believe, this is something that will be more and more developed. What we should do today is just to be able to validate that it's not that patients are more happy with that, families are more comfortable with that. What we should today validate is we are really doing a change in the outcome and in the well-being of the patients to quantify it and to get back to our authorities, health authorities, to be able to have possible finance, possible support for these programs. And this is still today a hurdle to developing the programs in different countries and places. Yeah, sure. This touches also the problem of reimbursement of, of, of programs like that, that are uh, certainly essential. No, no question about that. I, I know a lot of instances, for example, to touch another point, that some neurologists apparently are not so familiar with uh, specific pediatric uh, treatments or uh, pediatric anti-seizure medications like, uh, let's say, steripental or, or bromides. And I, I know a patient who is traveling 500 kilometers after the transition uh, process uh, to, to have an appointment with me because uh, people know that I'm a little bit familiar with, with bromides. <laughs> And it, it cannot be a reality nowadays that this is the reason for a patient and his family, and this is a severely handicapped patient, that he has to travel 500 kilometers uh, to, to see a specialist. Are there any ideas towards um, telemedicine? Again, what I believe that all we wanted to do doing this program is to avoid what unfortunately was happening and is still happening, that the families would like to keep on this contact with the expert centers, the pediatric ones where the such treatments were initiated or where we had the coordination of the different problems. So today and after the COVID-19 uh, pandemics, we really used much telemedicine and what we are doing at least in our center but i know in other centers we are doing this transition at least one visit with the nurse of the adult center or even sometimes with the doctor of another center we all of us we are doing this in our clinics when you have a patient living at 800 kilometers and he have a local physician we are doing this already, but I think for transition, this is more and more used and this can be helpful. But, and I really insist on that, this cannot cover the need for a better dissemination and education in our programs, in our university, post-university uh, programs, about this topic and about this interaction between 
child epileptologist and adult epileptologist because there are still some programs that are a bit separated and this is not beneficial for the patients definitely but it's not beneficial for anyone now i have a very practical question as a neurologist how should i behave in the following scenario I have a patient who is 21 years old now. Transition process was done three years ago. He uh, still has seizures and I give him an advice and he goes back to his neuropediatrician and the neuropediatrician gives him some other advice. And now the complete family and the patient are completely confused. How do I behave? as the neurologist in this situation? That's a hard one. (laughs) No, no, if you allow me, Bernard, it is typically what we can label as a failed transition. So the point is, if we arrive there, it means that how we prepared everything was really wrong because And and this is about, number one, the preparation of the transition. Number two, the the respect between colleagues and and doctors. And number three, how we can help the families not to go into this. I can answer you from my side. When patients come back to me, which is very rare, I have to admit, thanks for the program that we built with our adult Uh, epileptologist and the wonderful work they are doing. Number one, I have a few coming back or asking questions. And whenever it happens, never allowing ourselves at pad neurologist to get back and to give even an advice because it might be in contradiction. And this is a complete loss of the confidence of what we are we tried to do during all the years of follow up so usually what i do i take my email or my phone i tell the family that i will get in touch with my colleague and i can take 10 minutes to discuss the matter but i do not do any prescription i do not give advices and i tell them again that i'm confident that bernard will do well and he knows what he's doing Yeah, thank you very much for this very clear statement because I agree. Uh, I'm, I'm not claiming that everything's right what I'm doing, but the, the correct way would be the interaction again between the neuropediatrician and the neurologist to, 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 to overcome the problem, right? Yes. And when I will call you, I might tell you, Bernard, I'm not completely okay with what you're proposing, but this should be definitely between us getting back to the patient with a clear statement and agreement. And I might change your mind, you might change mine, but we do not, we do not have to show at this very particular period the first years of transition, even later on, any discrepancy between our point of views because this is completely loss of the follow-up and all what we want not to do. Okay, since we are approaching Christmas, my my last uh, question is, 
on your wish list? What would you wish to have a better transition process all over Europe? What has to happen during the next years to improve? Thank you, Bernard, to ask me about my Christmas wish list. I have to admit that I will stick to transition because if I can ask Santa, I will have a very long list. Getting back to transition, I think what would be really important and my utmost wish is that no patient, no family is left alone having to face the transfer from the pediatric follow-up to adult follow-up, not knowing where to go, who will take care of the patient, who will coordinate the care, and if the full needs of the patient for the seizures and the other comorbidities does not do not have any answer. And we do not have today, we cannot admit as a medical community in Europe to have patients arriving in emergencies to hospitals and to a follow-up where they are not known. No one knows about anything about their history, their situation. And this is why transition is really very important. Thank you very much. That was a great conclusion and summary. And I, I thank you so much that you participated in this program of the EAN. And um, I wish you all the best, Rima. And I thank all the uh, people in the audience to participate in this, I think, extremely good and interesting session we had today about the transition from pediatric to adult epileptology. Thank you very much, Professor Nabu. Thank you very much, Bernard. I enjoyed our discussion. And I know that together with all our colleagues in Europe, we will be able to improve this. Thanks. This has been EANCast Weekly Neurology. Thank you for listening. Be sure to follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or your preferred podcatcher for weekly updates from the European Academy of Neurology. You can also listen to this and all of our previous episodes on the EAN campus to gain points and become an EAN expert in any of our 29 neurological specialties. Simply become an EAN individual member to gain access. For more information, visit ean.org membership. That's ean.org backslash membership. Thanks for listening. EANcast Weekly Neurology is your unbiased and independent source for educational and research-related neurological content. Although all content is provided by experts in their field, it should not be considered official medical advice.